Lockdown. Our daily podcast to keep you sane during the chaos. 21 days, 21 professionals. Plus 14. 35 days, 35 professionals. To keep you sane during the lockdown extended edition. Hello and welcome back to day 16 of our podcast and day 16 of lockdown. My name is Kirsten Farquharson and with me, the incredible Danielle DeToy. Today's guest is Natasha Kritzis. She is a counseling psychologist at the Bloberg Therapy Center. She studied at the Free State University. She has been in private practice since 2003. She works eclectically. She works mainly from a narrative perspective. She does a lot of couples work. She does some psycholegal work, family work, and she is a mediator. And we are so encouraged to have her here with us today. Hi, Tash. Welcome. Hi, ladies. Thank you for having me on your show. Thanks for joining us. We are so excited to hear what you have to say. Yesterday, we had Abraham talking to us about anxiety and anxiety in adults around this time. And we wanted to get a bit more from you around anxiety with regards to children specifically. What do you think the main focus should be for parents with regards to anxiety? So I think that the first thing that I want to say is that anxiety is going to be part of this journey. And I think that people need to accept this. Parents need to accept this. They need to accept that there'll be anxiety in their children. And that the the main focus is actually to try and manage it instead of to suppress it or to eliminate it. Anxiety is going to be there. And if we can accept it and embrace it in a sense, this will help to sort of remedy the problem. So it's about sort of letting, letting the wave of anxiety come is what I understand. Yes, it definitely is about embracing the anxiety. Similarly to when we're meditating, when we say, you know, allow those feelings in and just go with the feeling. It's, it's the same thing. We're not going to try and suppress this. We are in a crisis and anxiety would be an appropriate response. Natasha, anxiety is definitely an appropriate response during this time. I know it's very unsettling for many people. When Abraham spoke yesterday, he spoke about how anxiety can be healthy or unhealthy. And it's important for us to acknowledge the difference. What would you say to parents who do feel anxious as well as their children? What, what do parents need to keep in mind, especially while they're feeling anxious during this time before focusing on the anxiety of their children? When it comes to parenting and anxiety, I think the most important thing to remember is similarly to when you get onto the airplane pre-flight, they explain to you, in the case of an emergency, ensure that you put your own oxygen mask on before you can help other people on the, plane, on the airplane. The same principle applies here. Parents need to ensure that their oxygen mask is on properly before they can assist their children. And when we, this could be a whole talk on its own, where we speak about self-care in parents, but yeah, we, we know what, what that sort of involves. And the reason for this is because children are exceptionally intuitive. So even though parents are, may think they're doing a good job of hiding their own anxiety from their children, more than likely, they're more than likely not, not doing that. That makes a lot of sense, that children would be very influenced by what their parents are experiencing. Natasha, what could parents implement to help ground their children at this time? Yes, yeah, so I think that 
the most important thing, Janet, by the way, clearly stated how important routine would be during this time. And I think that this speaks into anxiety. If children, if their environment is predictable and structured, they'll feel more secure and then this will help them to overcome any anxieties or fears that they're facing. So routine would be the most important thing. Secondly, in Amy McCready's book, if I have to tell you one more time, she speaks about fostering two or, or building on two aspects within your children. Number one is their sense of significance and number two is their sense of belonging. But this, she relates to behavioral issues. But I think in this instance, we can use the fostering the sense of belonging um, as children, parents are alone at home with their children and it's a good time to form a cohesion amongst the family members and to form a strong sense of family. And this will give the children, an they'll feel very anchored within their families. And this will give them a strong sense of being able to um, respond to the anxiety in their world. Then another factor is breathing. So when, when our bodies are in fight or flight mode, what happens is our immune systems automatically shut down. Just taking in a single breath sends a message to the brain that the body is not, there is no threat. I cannot emphasize the importance, and we know the importance of breathing and how this can automatically change the body's response to a crisis. So Tash, we're hearing you, you know, speak about the importance of breathing and that's a really sort of practical coping mechanism that children and parents can use when they feel anxious. Are there any other sort of practical coping mechanisms that you could suggest or recommend? Yes, well, within the breathing, I think a nice way to do the breathing with children and to distract them in a sense is to do the mindful smelling exercise. In this exercise, we gather a whole lot of items together, candles, herbs, flowers, fruits, cinnamon, grass, whatever you can find within the home environment. We sit down with the children, we say now, breathe in and smell. So we make the, the object of the exercises to smell things. Take a deep breath in and smell and then tell me what does smelling this um, candle remind you of? What memories does it bring up for you? So it's really bringing the children into the present moment in a very nice way without them really realizing what you're doing. Um, and then there's also the Smiling Minds app, which has guided meditations for children ages seven and up. It's free and it's a brilliant app. And it's another nice way or another tool for parents to, to, to help their children. Natasha, you're giving us so many wonderful practical strategies on helping children manage their anxiety. Earlier, you spoke about how intuitive children are and why it is important to be honest with your children. What are your thoughts on children being exposed to the news during lockdown? So I think to, to answer to the first thing, being honest is very, very important. Even the children are being exposed to the television or to any coverage that the parents are listening to. So I think that being as honest with the children as possible, but with the right amount of detail, which is appropriate for the ages. So to say to them, for example, that there is a possibility just that they could, if they ask, can they be infected with the virus? Parents don't know that they, if they can or can't, but to say that there is a possibility. But I think that the important thing is to express confidence as a parent that, that they will be okay, even if 
they were infected with a virus or even if one of their parents were infected with a virus. So I think it is being honest, but just being reassuring in the process. Also, in terms of the coverage and the media is that parents should be mindful of this, obviously, and try and limit the amount of TV or any sort of coverage they're exposing the children to. Natasha, being honest with children about the impact of the virus is going to be very important. But like you said, being mindful of the way in which you communicate that information to children. I know there are so many wonderful strategies and booklets going around at the moment to educate children in a child-friendly manner. One of them is a beautiful coloring in book um, that you can download on www.mindheart.co forward slash D-E-S-C-A-R-G-A-B-L-E-S. And it basically describes what the virus looks like, what you can do to manage it, whether it's washing your hands while singing a song like a birthday song or putting on hand sanitizer and counting to 10. It's a really fun way to engage with children about what the COVID-19 virus looks like, how do we prevent against it, and really just managing the fear that children are experiencing. Thanks so much. You know, trying to prevent anxiety, trying to see it coming, trying to make a safe space for you as well as for your kids and your family is so, so important. But, you know, the inevitable still happens and we ultimately always find ourselves in a panic situation or feeling anxious, even with our best efforts. What do you recommend to do when one is having an anxiety meltdown, when, you know, the world just feels too much and you just can't find center again? What do you recommend for this time? As a parent, I think it's important firstly to remove yourself from the room. If, if you're in a room with your children, to take yourself to, because now you're stuck in your house, but to take yourself to another room, to maybe run yourself a bath and to maybe turn, if you if you have a, a partner, to turn to your partner and just to ensure that you're okay. The most important thing for the parents is they actually need to stay calm in that moment. Um, they need to do breathing for themselves. And in terms of parents helping their kids, what do you recommend? So specifically for parents to say to their children, I would think that um, they would want to just reassure their kids by saying to them, you're safe, I'm here, and I'm not going anywhere in that moment. And then also to try and take it a step further and to say to their children that your brain is thinking that it needs to protect you, and this is why you're having this response. But if you try and breathe in, then your brain will understand that you're not in danger. And just to keep, to hold them. There's also the, um, the heavy blanket or, or the, why children love being swaddled when they're babies. Or it's that, so maybe just to hold them tight for parents to actually, if they want that, to ask them would they like to be held? Can the parents physically actually hold them in that space? Um, but in as far as they can to try and do that with their children. If as a parent, you do happen to break down in front of your children, or you do happen to cry during this time, it could actually be an opportunity to show your children that you can be sad and that the wheels can come off. The important thing would be then to show them how you helped yourself through the process and that you could stop crying and that you could be okay afterwards. And therein lies the lesson that we can cry, we can have a meltdown and we can be okay afterwards. Or if there is a conflict in the home and children 
aren't used to being exposed to conflict amongst their parents, but things are a little bit uncontained, to also that it's important then that they see the adults resolving the conflict and they realize that there can be a conflict and it can be resolved. So it's an opportunity. That's something very important that parents, you know, can do during this time. We're in an age where we've always had to protect the children from all the information. But I think slowly, slowly, even parenting is changing. And it's about becoming a lot more honest with children and, and almost speaking more about adversity than what we used to in the past. And I think that, that sort of in a crisis like this, we can't hide can't protect them from it. I think it's about just being honest with them about what is going on there. And we have spoken about this honesty thing because there is a move away from that protecting children so much. So it sounds like, Tash, that that modeling, that sort of emotional sort of response is important. And at the same time, being authentic with your kids. So just being really honest and, you know, providing opportunities to say, you know, I'm also really anxious right now. This is the way that mommy handles anxiety or daddy handles anxiety. And then showing them ways to cope through that. Precisely, Danny, that, that, that idea of modeling and saying, and this, it comes back to also, um, we, we tell parents in therapy to do the high and low with their children at the end of the day. And it's just as important to do the low and to say, and that the parents also say what their high and low was, obviously using appropriate information or, you know, sharing appropriate information, but that the children can see that the parents can have a low and then that the parents also explain what they did in their low to overcome it or to remedy the problem. It's, it's the same for this during this lockdown period. Thank you for talking to us. It's been such an honor having you on and so helpful learning so much about anxiety and about helping your kids with anxiety. I think it's going to be beneficial to many, many people that are, you know, really as, as the lockdown is going on, feeling more and more anxious, even people that haven't felt anxious before. So I think what you've said, Tash, is really relevant and not just during the lockdown, but for people that, you know, struggle with anxiety or stress as well. Thank you, ladies. If you would like to get hold of Natasha, you can contact her on her email address. That's nkritzas, N-K-R-I-T-Z-A-S at iCloud.com to book a consultation. She is offering online therapy sessions. So that's it for us. We will see you next time on How to Mental Health Lockdown Edition. Stay sane, everybody. We'll check in later. See you soon.